Oh, hi there, listener. It's just Em here. We're almost ready to return with Series 6, and when we do, those episodes will go up on Wednesdays every other week, um, just like in the early days of this podcast. But before that, there's a small matter of The Lost Colony. I'm about to share Episode 1 with you, which we've called A Lot of Raff. If you're a patron, you already have access to the Director's Cut full-length version, um, because of course we talked for hours and hours about Polly's favourite episode. Um, Here on the usual channel, we're going to pop one up this week, and then fingers crossed Episode 2 will be with you next week, um, and then a couple of weeks after that we'll be back with Series 6. Of course you can follow us online at LovejoyAPod. Or come and join us on Patreon if you're not on there already. That's www.patreon.com forward slash lovejoyactually if you fancy listening to us talk about this for three whole hours. Um, Hope you had a lovely Easter break and we'll see you soon. Lovejoy, actually. <laughs> Drink-wise, on the day that this goes out, I am going to put up on the Twitter a recipe for mint tulip, which is the most oh. southern USA drink that I could come up with. And I nearly made one, but because we're recording this at three o'clock in the afternoon, it, it just seemed a little <laughs> bit early. Yeah. A little bit excessive. So, um, so mint tulip is our cocktail? Is our, our cocktail of the week. Cocktail of the week. Yeah, because also, you know, right. I, I think I feel we need to be sharp for this particular podcast because the moment has arrived. Yes. Yeah. So here we are. We're at the here we are. We've finished series five. We're in the limbo period between five and six when a very special episode of Lovejoy was aired. Should we introduce ourselves? I'm M, by the way. I'm Helen. And I'm Paul. And I'm very, very excited. <laughs> Well, Polly, do you want to t- talk a little tiny bit about the episode before oh, Helen does that? You see, you see, you're tempting me by saying, I'll just talk a tiny bit about the episode. I've done more research for this episode than every other episode we've covered up until now. Everyone who's listened to even a, a smidgen of this podcast will know this is my favourite episode by a mile. Um, because, and, But I can quote, there are whole sections of this that I can quote, and I watched it again so I could actually make copious notes which I've never done before and realise that I could have done this podcast without re-watching it. I must have watched <laughs> it I must have watched it 50 times honestly and I, I had it on video recorded off the telly when it was originally on in 1993. It was the Christmas special even though it has nothing Christmassy. I also realise I have been to within two miles of where oh, it was set no, but not, not, been not able where to go. it no, so I went, uh, I stayed with some family in Virginia about three years ago and we went down to Kitty Hawk, which is really nearby. It's on the Outer Banks in North Carolina. And if you go, so it, it's the, the Outer Banks is kind of this bit that goes parallel to the main coast. So we were on the Outer Banks, but if you run over that there's a bridge, you're in Chesapeake. You know, they mentioned Chesapeake Bay yeah. a lot. Yes, so it's meant to be set in the north of North Carolina. And there is actually, uh, so Frying Pan Landing, which they refer to is a real place that was two miles from where I was when I was at Kill Devil's Hills on the Outer Banks um, and then there is an area called the Alligator River so the the 
the way it's written is all completely correct. And because I love geography as well, it's like this has combined all <laughs> oh, of my obsessions. Um, but they actually filmed it down in the south of South Carolina, in and around Wilmington. But it's not set in and around Wilmington. M will like it because a lot of it was filmed um, at the university there as well. So a lot of the grand buildings that are meant to be this unnamed university, uh, of which uh, Mary John is a patron, is actually the University of, of Wilmington. It was. Um, so there you go. It, it had everything this episode, didn't it? It, but it really I feel like did. we should go and just like rewind and go back to the start. I don't know if we even said that this is Lovejoy actually, and this is a recap podcast about Lovejoy. We're just super excited. But we are just too excited to remember the, the formalities today. I was going to say, I don't have to say all that again, do I? No. Uh, yes, you do, yeah. yeah. It has got... The other thing that I think Em might like is, did you notice who had actually written this episode? Yeah, the, literally, like, the whole run-up to this episode was basically Polly saying to me and Helen, oh, I don't, I don't know if you guys are going to like this. It's going to be a bit of an anticlimax. Maybe, you know, it was special to me, but maybe it was just at the time and I don't know. And, oh, I hope you do like it. And I watched it and I immediately was like, I might watch that again. That has all my favourite <laughs> things in it. And I think it does have a Christmassy thing running through it, but I'll, I'll talk Ooh, about that as we go along. Interesting. Um, because it's it's kind of meta. <laughs> so. There's no overt Christmas There's theme. no overt it's not, Christmas. It's no Prague Sun, as a, as a lot of our friends on Twitter said. Uh, Twitter, I have to say, it only got sort of muted love for this on Twitter, which I was quite disappointed by. Kevin said it's an overrated episode, but I do think it's Absolutely got... Not. All of the classic love joy, you know, the the bad guys being bad and the whole idea of fakes and forgeries and being in something just for the money. It it, it has everything. It has the best, possibly the best guest star ever yeah, in terms of does. the most famous guest star ever. Yeah. Can I cover both the guest stars very quickly? Yeah. And then I will shut up and let us actually talk about the episode. So it's got John Gielgud in, who's very uh, close. And who is adorable in it is Lord Wakering. There we go. There's another uh, very big love joy. You know, the, the aristocrat falling on hard times, having to sell his house, all of that. Is is a delightful John Gielgud. This lovely, upstanding, proper English aristocrat. Likeable English aristocrat. And then the other... Uh, guest star whose surname I never know how to pronounce. Um, he was Cliff in Dallas. Ken Kovachal or Kershaval. Kershaval. Sorry, I've got my vowels there. Kershaval, as in horse. Ken something horse, isn't it? Ken it's horse. His French name. Um, Ken horse, isn't it as well? Ken horse. But so he was in. He was in an episode of ER I was watching a couple of nights ago. But apparently he was really excited to be in it when he heard that John Gielgud was going to be in I it because he was a big he fan of John be. Gielgud. And then really miffed when he found out that all his scenes were taking place in oh, Wilmington, no. South Carolina, and all of Gielgud's scenes were being filmed in Suffolk. Mm. Can I? Uh, can I tell my uh, Johnny? My John Gielgud uh, anecdote very you quickly. You must, yes. It's, my it's one of my favourite anecdotes in general. My husband ta ta taught it me, told it me, um, that John Gielgud was getting on uh, a Routemaster bus in London when he was quite elderly, really, um, and he sort of hopped on Maybe it was around it. 1993. Could have been, been. Could have been. And he sort of hopped on it as it was pulling away. I don't know if you guys used to do that. I definitely used to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but he sort of missed his footing. And so he had hold of the bar, but the bus is speeding up. And he's swimming, sort of stumbling and trying out. to get on. Oh. And he shouted, stop, you're killing a genius. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. oh, so every time Bless we you. see Johnny on the telly, we say, stop, stop. you're killing a genius in our oh. house. 
He's lovely. He's lovely. Um, so yes, it was already by within about five minutes of joining the episode you had these two kind of i mean at the time ken uh kershaval would have actually been a really well-known yeah. person because dallas had only finished or was it even still going or it finished very uh, recently i think it was, it was probably still going the show of the 80s wasn't it mm. and this was 93 mm. um and yeah he was one of the main characters he was in over 200 episodes of dallas so so there you go. You, yeah. really, you have done your research. Polly actually sent us some notes before this. I um, did. I was very excited. I sent episode, but I didn't read them. <laughs> well, you used to be able to visit. So the plantation where it was filmed, you used to be able to visit, but now it's closed to the public. But I am leaping ahead. I think, shall I let one of you sort of... Let's st- let Helen do the traditional... <laughs> yeah. We mentioned on, the Helen. writers, and then we didn't... Oh, sorry. And then we didn't actually say who they were. Dick Clements and Ian Lafrene. So, and it does have kind of hints of... I mean, obviously they sort of started all Ian Lafrenet kind of started the series didn't he and but this is this reminds me so much did you watch the there was a kind of new version of Alfida Saint Pet that was shown in the I think the late 90s early 2000s which is set in Arizona and this reminded me so much of that in terms of the level of kind of humor versus peril versus story certainly I when I saw their names come up I thought oh good because I knew this story was going to have to be sustained over a longer mm. period, and I and I knew that they would do well. Did they write one of the other longer ones together? I can't remember. I think so. I just I love this so. idea of Ian Lafrenet going, no, this is a long one, I'll do this one. But it's good Dick. because it means you don't get that thing that you always do of getting everything suddenly wrapped up in the last five yeah. minutes and not being very satisfying. They also wrote The Prague Sun, so you're yeah, right. They've they written yeah. both yeah. of the long episodes There's... have been written by them and directed by Jeffrey Sachs. They both have the same director as well. So and actually, interestingly, people saying that the Prague Sun was a much better episode. Um, they're they're actually written and directed. It's the same team. Yeah, they're just different. I think they're just different. Yeah, and I wonder if by this point, because I think Ian the friendly lives in LA, doesn't he? I'm, in fact, I'm almost a hundred percent certain that Probably. he does. So I wonder if he'd already moved out there by this point. And he was like, "Let's do one that's in the states. Like, it's not <laughs> as far to for me to go. So far. <laughs> I mean, still quite far to go, I suppose, from LA to North Carolina, but still." I think sadly the writers don't have to go there anyway. They're not that important once they've written it. But if it's your like baby project, if you were the one who sort of conceived the series, I bet you would go. I'd go if I was in the film. I'd go. Yeah, they can go and visit. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. So yeah, so we're talking about series... Well, I mean, we say it's in the limbo, but it was broadcast about a month after the last episode of series five, and it's normally considered to be the series five christmas special though you could argue that it's just as kind of its own thing the lost colony and i'm so excited and we're 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 gonna put this out in two parts and we it was originally aired in two parts but we watched it on uk tv play where it's just can't see the joy where it's just in one part and you can't see the joy so we don't know so we're gonna when we put it out as two parts we're gonna obviously cut it at a certain point it may not be the point where it actually cuts into two parts. So any fans who know where it does cut, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, do Apologies tell us. Apologies if it ruins it in some way and do tell I us. I don't remember and it's so bizarre and it should be at the sort of 45-ish minute mark. Yeah. But yeah. I honestly don't remember and there was nowhere obvious no, then. No, it wasn't obvious at all. So we don't know exactly. So just to say that we, we're just going to kind of talk about it and see where we end up. Um, so yeah, and UK TV Play, they didn't, I mean, obviously they didn't know that this is the best ever episode. So when they wrote their summary, <laughs> it was just quite, quite standard, really. Although they have been reaching for the thesaurus again. Again. <laughs> again. Okay. Um, so 
a double helping. So there's, so there's you yeah. know, a double helping of the raffish antique mm-hmm. dealer. I mean, he is. He's very he raffish in this episode yeah. as well. There's a lot of raff going on. In an extended Xmas special. It actually says Xmas. Xmas. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, I mean, they've already said it's a double helping and then they said extended. I mean, it's just, they're just filling. It's like, have they got a word? A long episode that's quite long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and goes on yeah. for quite a while. It's like they're warning the viewer. So if you yeah. think you can just have three biscuits and one T- cup of tea. Take it gently. No. You need <laughs> yeah. to be prepped. You're in Prepare. here for the long run. Yeah. Um, but the actual description is very minimal. Lovejoy is a prime suspect when some valuable treasure vanishes from Wakering Hall. Mm. I mean, that is true. Doesn't yeah, cover, yeah. It doesn't even really cover the bare bones, though, no. does it? And to be fair, I don't think he is ever a suspect. There's no suggestion that Lord Wakering ever thinks he's a no. suspect. It's only the police that think he's a suspect. Well, yeah, and even, even they're not that set on it really well they don't they, they don't confiscate his passport for a start no so, exactly yeah. they let him <laughs> just like, leave the country town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. so Wakering Hall is the seat of Lord Wakering as we've mentioned already the fantastic John Gielgud it's Johnny it's brilliant <laughs> I will say that every time so. but we don't but we don't start at Wakering Hall we start in well in the US in the which US. is unusual so we knew we knew this was in the US because we're obviously aware of this episode because Polly has mentioned it once or twice <laughs> once or twice but, yeah just but if, if you didn't again. if you didn't know that you wouldn't know where it, 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 they're just on the ocean you wouldn't so even you, know it was Lovejoy I think you would have a no. moment of going wait I thought we were going to watch Lovejoy why yeah. was it a bit bergerac wasn't it really yeah they're on a yacht uh, in fact there's even a mention of Jersey in this episode mm-hmm. there is indeed a mention of tenuous bergerac link so they've got they've got they're on a boat and they've and I couldn't even work out I mean because again I knew it was in the states or I presume this was opening in the states um, but I couldn't they had funny well I thought they had strange accents I was like they, they, everyone had super strange I was like are they Australian <laughs> like where are they from I was very confused at this point but they've got basically there's three guys on a boat and they've got something on the well I put here on the radar sonar what's the difference I mean if we find out <laughs> we find out later that it's sonar. Mm. but I mean I don't I, know what the difference I, is I was like radar so, but they've got some kind of equipment imaging equipment and they found a shipwreck it's very Duh. exciting and they're really excited they're about really it. excited and this took me straight back to the evil academics yes, yes. <laughs> in the whales episode Although I think the academics in this, you realise, I was ambivalent about the academics in this. There was that one academic guy quite a lot later on when Lovejoy rocks up in South Carolina who is just a bit of a dick, but he's probably sincere. Yeah, he's a bit wet. And I think right towards the end, Lovejoy actually says to him, you know, this doesn't compromise your research. He doesn't say that. But he he says something that infers that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And what you're doing is completely legit. And if anything, it continues to be so because, I mean, again, I'm sort of racing ahead. But it is interesting. Interesting for all of us because we all work in universities. And I work for an American university. (laughs) So it's even more. It's just like my my entire life has come full circle <laughs> just watching this episode. So yes, yeah, so they're very excited that they found something. Then they go ashore, and it's a bit. I was a bit confused. I was like, are they were they pretending to everyone else that they hadn't found something? Or I didn't really understand what was going on. But they go ashore, and they're like. Yeah, the, the, getting... cap, the captain of the boat has basically said we need to keep this. Yeah, they, they need really to keep quiet. it quiet because obviously, I guess they. I mean, they, I, I, you know, I'm thinking, okay, the shipwreck. It's got some kind of treasure on it that they're going to get, and this kind of thing. They don't want other people to nip in and nick it before they do. That's the implication, isn't it? This early on, and I've just was... looked down at my notes and I've written, 
are these people really American? <laughs> Question mark. But then, well, so interestingly, in the next scene, you are in absolutely no doubt that you are in America. It's li- oh, I've written down. Isn't it the most American road I've written, ever? I've written down, we are American in an American bar with pool and a jukebox. Oh, it's yeah. like literally like, now we are in America. And it was interesting because Paul, was, when she was doing her research, she found a brilliant article that an American had written who reviews British TV and reviewed this episode and basically he wasn't very impressed by it and I think a large part of the reason he wasn't impressed was because obviously it's set in America and it does that very typical thing that lots of British shows do and obviously it happens in reverse to Americans coming to Britain um, where it's very stereotypical of Americans so like this scene was the perfect like we are American it's like they literally may as well sat at the bar going I am an American yes I am also an American too (laughs) It was literally but like... You in know. this episode, they go to a diner. Yeah. Yes. They go to one of these bars. that, But genuinely, American bars do look like this, particularly in small-town America, which is what they're meant to be in. I have been to a bar that I could show you the pictures. It's identical to that, and it's in Glenside, Pennsylvania, which mm-hmm. is like a couple of states mm-hmm. up. But honestly, it is identical. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is what American bars look like. It's based in reality, but it's very funny because you're like, okay, we are definitely in America now. We've and got I, it. <laughs> and the, I, I, I got a bit confused about who was who, but I think the minions from the boat, like the two guys that weren't the captain, mm. they're the ones that are in the bar. Yeah, the, right? young, the young lad who was with them, Roy... Yeah. He wants. He kind of says, "Why is he keeping it quiet?" And mm. like, I've got a plan. Why don't we go back there and get the stuff or whatever? Um, and then also, does he say like he knows about another shipwreck as well? He said about another one. Why don't they go and find that one and not let their boss know? And yeah, it's it's not that clear what's good. But then the the older guy is like, "Oh yeah, cool, great. Like, let's find out more about that." And they kind of, mm. you, know, you know. And then. I, I got. I didn't really understand what was happening, so maybe one of you guys can explain. Oh, well, all I've written is: Is Roy dead? Roy's this young guy who said, "Let's, you know, do something on the sly." Is Roy dead or dead drunk? And I actually can't remember at all what happens in that scene. So I think we need to use Polly's Lovejoy Rain Man recall abilities. <laughs> what does Roy do? That so basically, think he dead? Roy, because of his wanting to go behind the boss's back, he does get killed. But it's not he really does. clear. It's, how it's deliberately or when. unclear because later on, they th- this is the incident that gets referred to again and again when they're dredging him out the water, mm. isn't it? Um, I think because so. it's referred to. So a little bit later on, when Lovejoy is in the US, which is quite a long way off, he actually goes past the scene where they're recovering the body, yeah. and then a little bit later on again, it's on the news, but it's still like, oh, we think it was an accident. Guy went overboard. We all know it wasn't. It's that thing of the viewer knowing more than yeah. the because we were like ah this seems dodgy i think the implication is that the other guy dobs him in yeah yeah and yeah. you know goes to the boss and says look roy is you know but, but there's a lot of death in the early in the early part of this because the next scene is this bizarre juxtaposition between someone visiting a grave in this incredibly american beautiful american suburban street mm. all of the us looks like that with the little white houses and the verandas and the picket fences um and the rather upstanding southern lady in her very nice car with her black chauffeur Miss Lillian, I mean, there's there's a lot we could say about this, which I assume is done deliberately, particularly yeah, when we see when we meet Rutherford with his whip. I mean, there's a lot that makes you squirm. Yeah, I think watching um, this, it was it's it's very well done. But yeah, like you say, there's lots of death at this point because there's this comparison with this southern widow, like American southern widow, in her big black car being driven to a graveyard, laying some flowers, and then juxtaposed with the funeral that Lovejoy's attending in England, where he does some very good fourth wall breaking. He does. It sort of opens oh, with this good. 
gorgeous bit of fourth wall breaking, which is, and it's very sad. There's a lot of stuff in this scene, in this whole episode that's very reflective. And the episode, it opens with him being being quite sort of mournful and, and saying, you know, this this was the sort of, he's the last of the Lovejoys and this is this is his uncle and he has nice memories of his uncle. Now, Lovejoy never really talks about his family except his daughter. Yeah. We've met his ex-wife, but that's not, not a, a Lovejoy, if you like. That's, yeah. you know, the person yeah, exactly. he married, family married into. So with the exception of Vicky, we never really hear about his family. And this is quite sad yeah yeah this idea of the last of the lovejoys there's his uncle well he says yeah because he says it's uncle norman he says you know he'll be the last apart from obviously his daughter he does mention vicky at this point doesn't he but he's quite funny about his uncle norman he's like says basically women adored him and men thought he was a layabout (laughs) (laughs) do you think that's what that because you think oh it obviously runs in the family then are you meant to think that like women adored him and men think yeah, there's, I can I can see the family resemblance there. And he says an interesting thing about, you know, where do the people from your childhood go? Like when you're a child, there's all these cousins yeah. and aunts and uncles. And then when yeah. you grow up, you don't know them anymore. God, it's so it's true. It's so strange. Yeah. The way people just kind of disappear. Because I think, because Lovejoy sort of says it like, you know, where do they go? Where do they go? And But he sort of makes it sound maybe like a bit like a generational thing. But I just think it's a stage of life thing. Like, you know, you're, when you're a child, you're in a certain stage of life. Mm. Um, and you're, you know, with family and things like that. And then when you're older you're more independent but it was an interesting point because I was like yeah I can really relate to that but I've never heard anyone talk about that before or make that point I thought it was really interesting yeah Yeah. no it is interesting Mm. and it is true it is Mm. definitely true so this is where so he's got his uncle burying his uncle Norman and then this is where we find out that the uh, that the old lady who we later find out is Lillian is at the grave also at the grave of a lovejoy who's also recently passed away but this is I love Everett as well. I think we, we have to say at this point, John. all the Americans. Again, it's like I am American. My name is extremely my name American. Is American. <laughs> my name is two surnames. Yeah, so yeah. exactly. Everett, 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 he would Everett only be really American. Lovejoy. He would only be really. Oh yes, yeah, so he's got the initial as well. Yeah. he would only be really American if he was called like Elliot uh, uh, Everett T Lovejoy the third or yeah. Junior. Junior, yeah, yeah, Junior. Yeah. <laughs> Everett T Lovejoy. So they we, missed a trick there. So we straight. So we now okay, right? So there's some kind of connection, family connection between Lovejoy and these American. This American family is quite exciting. And then we go to Wakering Hall. Well. We don't know it's Wakering Hall. I just put Grand House, presumably Wakering Hall, which I knew about. We do know it's Wakering Hall because at the end of this little... It does because... Oh, does it say that? I kind of got a bit... On the sign, so it shows the the beautiful Grand Hall and then it just sort of pans to the right and you just see the sign that the entrance... Because you've got that lovely bridge that goes across the sort of That's right. I missed it because I was, I don't know... I was trying to write too too many things down, I think. So it's Wakering Hall. The music at this point... Like the the music throughout this episode, I don't know why. I mean, obviously, I I guess I normally notice it, but I really noticed how good it was. I did as well, and there was an awful lot of Gone with the Wind esque music, which <laughs> yes. I'm sure was deliberate. It was sort of parodying parodying Gone with the Wind, and just to really ram that home, Charlotte even says at one point, "Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn." Yeah, and there's, yeah. there's the sort of American music happening when you're in America, and then as we come to Wakering Hall, it became very. British, and I don't know how you know in your ears what those things are. Oh yeah, it really was. (laughs) Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, And so, basically, yeah, as we mentioned, Wakering Hall, Lord Wakering, John Gilgood. He's lovely in this. He was so adorable. He was lovely. Is having to sell up, you know, again the common trope of Lovejoy. He's fallen on hard times. 
I think, is it, again, is it a tax bill? I can't remember what it is, that, if we even know what, the, so, what it is. Uh, I think, has he become a widower? Yeah, his wife has died. Maybe, so maybe it's death duties. Yeah. So He's going to go and live with his sister, who uh, breeds mink. mink, but can't breed any more uh, wakerings, oh, they say. Um, but, but he seems quite happy about it, actually. Oh, I mean, he does. He seems quite looking forward to going and live with his sister. And well, we find out why in a minute. <laughs> I would say well, I can see why he was like well, you know I'll probably be fine if I moved he, well I'm skipping no, ahead well so basically they're, they're doing a sale of the house and obviously Cavendish Auction House is, is handling the sale of the house and most of its contents most I realised that the um, the I don't know what the name of this job is the man who's handling the sale is the horrible man from the cafe in Truly Madly Deeply oh, oh, I've go. written that horrible man from Truly Madly Deeply spooky music Tink appears. Everyone seems a bit on edge. Yeah, so Tink's there, even though they're, say, they're just doing the inventory at the minute, so all the, the people from the auctioneers are there doing the inventory. So Tink's not meant to be there, really, but he's just... Because it's not open yet for, mm. what do you call it, like the preview, whatever, uh, of the sale. Um, so, But Tink's just snooping around, <clears throat> of course. And then there's, like, a weird noise. And, uh, I mean... This was just absolutely brilliant. What happens next? I, this I will say in this episode of Lovejoy, um, I I fully screamed at least twice. The the second scream isn't until much 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 later on. But I did a full on like Whoa! I don't like. No, I mean, really. I mean, I it love was, it. it was, I love it. Basically, they hear they hear these crashing noises and they go into like what looks like the dining a dining room, and I mean I mean. Uh, Maybe I'm just uh, an old cynic, but this is like the most terrible special effects you've ever seen in your life (laughs) of of plates flying around the room. It was literally like someone standing just off camera just lobbed it or like just kind of... (laughs) Well, I will On a say, string, you know. I, um, as you know, I I love a, a, a bit of spookiness. I love a bit of Fortiana, whatever. Um, so the idea that there is now a poltergeist, a poltergeist, as we like to say in our house, like Neil <laughs> from The Young Ones, we call it oh, a poltergeist. Yeah. Um, when the plate came sort of flying towards the camera, this is where I screamed. But also, and I don't know if you two have this and maybe we've talked about ghost watch before i can't remember i'm sure we, we have. really have yes um, we've definitely <laughs> talked about ghost watch before <laughs> but i um furniture moving or plates moving i'd find it very very frightening it oh. really really properly creeps me out i was gonna say gives me the willies and i thought no it just it. reminded <laughs> me and i know we've talked about this as well it just always makes me think of so haunt me which must have been on at a similar <laughs> time because it was just one of the best shows on tv at the time um but what i will say is this is where i've written down oh it's christmas ghost stories so in the uk we kind of have a tradition of uh, at christmas yeah. you tell ghost stories yeah so and i think i'd been slightly wrong-footed because in my mind, I thought that I knew, quote unquote, what this episode was about. And I thought it was like entirely set in America. And I kind of forgotten that John Gilgood was in it. I kind of forgotten that there was obviously an English aristocrat in it. I just, that had gone to the side. So then when this started happening, like an actual ghost that everyone is completely accepting of and like, oh yes, that is actually a ghost. No kind of like, oh, what could that have been? <laughs> Tinker's like running away scared or whatever. I mean, there was no doubt it, it that it just, was a ghost. 
it pushed all my absolute delight buttons are they a thing delight buttons i was so pleased but i mean it's I meant to be it. like there's no question yeah it's meant to be in the pre- like an actual ghost there's no yeah. like oh there's it's slightly odd things trick. happening or, it's, it's like literally like someone's trying to get yeah. the hole there's no it's not that. perfectly reasonable explanation no, the perfectly reasonable explanation is a ghost and i love the way he talks to her like she's just a slightly naughty child that should go and sit on the yes. step he says now don't be tiresome Catherine." yes what br- that was a really good impression, Polly. Sorry, <laughs> I've watched this many times. This is where Lord, Lord Wakering first turns up. Yeah, and he talks to the ghost and calls her Catherine. And I, at this point, assumed that maybe it was his late wife. Yes, I think I did. And I was like, oh, okay, his late wife is the ghost. You know, fully accepting. This. But I mean, come on. I mean, I would be absolutely terrified if plates really started to move around. But well, I think if I was dangling it on a bit of string in front of me. I was... <laughs> well, we talk about this a lot in my house. Like, would you? live in a haunted house because fingers crossed you would get it cheaper unless someone was trying to sell it with the ghost as like a selling point would you actually live in a house where stuff moved around when you put it down or doors kept opening or it was freezing cold or there were weird smells and I'm like yeah because I think after a couple of weeks you would be like Lord Wakering and you would be like oh come on Catherine for heaven's sake like I do actually live here this is my house it's not your house anymore and I've even written down this is how you must speak to ghosts you must put them in their place and tell them that you live there now. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, well done. He's doing everything right. By this, what are we like? Two scenes in, I've already forgotten it's not real. <laughs> oh, bless Lord Wakering. So then we, then we go back to the house on the day of the sale. Um, Lovejoy and Tinker there. And they have a bit of a chat with Lord Wakering. And it's very, you know, he's telling, obviously, he's fallen on hard times. And it's like the parallels between Lovejoy and Lord Wakering, because both of them have their family lines well, coming to an end. I mean, Lovejoy does have his daughter to carry on his family line, but this is where Lord Wakering says about living with his sister and the fact that, yeah, uh, the, the, their line is also coming to an end. Yeah. Um, so, and then we learn a bit more about the ghost, Lady Catherine. So she's known as the Grey Lady. And this is where I thought, okay, she's not, probably not his late wife. She's like some, you know, from the past. From the past of the Wakering The family. olden days. The olden days. And then Gimbert's obviously there as well for the sale because obviously he likes to poke his nose in. And this is where we find out that Lovejoy is once again having some financial difficulties, not paid his rent for two months. So um, Surprise, surprise. Oh, and also at this point I thought, because the house as Wakering Hall is very beautiful. And I know that, Paul, Paul, you have been doing some research about this episode. Do we know the location where it was filmed? It is it is in Suffolk. It's called Helmingham Hall oh. in, in real well, life. It's very beautiful. And it's it's kind of it's near to Dis in Suffolk. Can we'll you vi- can you That's visit the it? Place. Is it National uh, Trust? I will have a look. Uh, I'd love to go Helmingham and visit it. Hall. It's an events venue, it says. Ooh, Helmingham Hall Gardens. Event. Wedding and events venue. I think you, you can visit, but you can visit the gardens. You can visit the gardens. Yes. <gasps> and it does have that lovely moat. It is absolutely oh, beautiful. We so get, that's where they film. We should it. definitely go and visit the gardens, which we'll be able to do sooner because it's outside. Yeah. It's yeah. outdoors. Well, there you go. That's our first trip. And there's a tea room. Not that far, <gasps> there's a tea room. We do love a good tea room. I was going to say, he takes her to a tea room, but probably not that one. Anyway, do carry on. No, it's very beautiful. It reminded me a bit of, um, but only of the old bits of Elton Palace, but like mm, a much, this is yeah. like, a, this is what I think Elton Palace might have looked like before it was burnt down, most of it was burnt down. It's I think we do know where it is because there's a map of Lovejoy locations and it's, um, it's on there, but I can't remember where it is and I'd have to bring up the, uh, oh, I can't wait to bring to do thing. our Lovejoy road trip. I know. Oh, it's I'm like so 2025. <laughs> I'm so excited for it. 
We could do a special podcast with the Well, we'll do it at the end of Series 6. Yeah. Oh, no, we, no, we won't. That's this year. We'll do it next year. Next year. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Um, and then at, also at the sale is the blo- a blonde bombshell. I put blonde bombshell. Oh, she, she is really so is. beautiful. American photographer. That's what I said. <laughs> Although I've also written an absolutely not American woman. But then I went and looked her up, and she was she was American. Well, her name. She's played by a woman called Kate Vernon. Um, I've written is Kate Vernon American. Oh, and then I've just written. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, mean, she I definitely... think she might have been born in Canada. Like she's not a Southern American, put it that way. Oh no, no, she, but oh, she's no. playing. She's playing yeah. Southern. Yeah. She does it Southern very well, beautifully. But yeah. she has, she does the accent because I do love the accent. And they, don't they describe the accent? Or Lovejoy describes it as like pouring molasses over yeah. something or other, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, it is that kind of accent. Um, but it's really funny. It's a funny exchange between Lovejoy and Gimbert because you know, he's like, she's from the South, and he's like, I can't remember what he says. Then he's like. And Love just like, no, the deep south. And Gimbert says, what? Chichester. That bit of dialogue, it, what he says is, um, she's southern. And Gimbert says, what? Guildford? Yeah. And he says, no, like, deep south. deep south. And he goes, oh, Chichester. And I was That's like, so you can just tell the writing in this is so Very good. Pure lafrenic. I think the though. reason that you could probably, and obviously watching it 50 times would help with this. <laughs> but I think one of the reasons you can remember it so clearly is because the dialogue is is perfect it's there's not a it really is it doesn't miss a beat does it it's so good yeah absolutely Mm. so and then we also but then we also see so that you know so obviously they're ogling this like photographer well Mm. i I, I called her photographer at this stage she's taking photos of the hall so i I just was like who is she i don't know who she is um and he's been doing that but then he i think goes home or somewhere and receives a lovely postcard from Charlotte from New York. It's really nice. It, it's got the Twin Towers on it. Yeah. It was very sad. It was sad. But yeah. Um, but she sent him a postcard. But it was in those days where you would send a postcard. But then the postcard would probably get back either after the day you, you got back or... or yeah. yeah. They still after do. You. Postcards are still <laughs> like that. I send postcards send to my postcards parents. Anymore. I do. And they always arrive after we've got back. Yeah. So, and that's what happens in this case. He reads the postcard and then like the next day or we don't know exactly, but you know, well, he after. says tomorrow. She says she's coming to, she's coming back uh, tomorrow. tomorrow so the next day she's back. Yeah. yeah, she's back. And she's not particularly happy because the Wakering sale was quite disappointing and it didn't make as much money as they thought from Wakering Hall. So this is quite a lovely comedic little scene where Charlotte lo- looks at the details of the sale, sees Lovejoy's name, rings up. Furious. And basically go, you know, furious and said, oh, you know, you, why were you allowed to buy this without paying up front? You've done this. This is you, costing you, me money. Yeah. And that makes me mad. And then it turns to the window where Kate and all of her, all of the people who work in the auction house and they all go... Lovely round of applause. I am super missing this about being at work, like physically being at oh, work. Because I, I, I don't know if you have this at your work, but I have one colleague who I always row with, and often we'll just row <clears throat> in a meeting or whatever. And that this really put me in mind of that, where she's just absolutely fuming. She <laughs> hasn't a hundred percent got the full details actually, so she thinks no. that he's written a promissory note, which he's not allowed to do because obviously he hasn't got any cash. <laughs> um, and 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 she thinks that he's kind of taken advantage of her not being there, and she's really really mad at him. But also, it's like we were saying the other day, like Em and I were saying, it's like when you can exchange sort of a glance at someone in a meeting, like someone's going on about something, and you can sort of like look at your colleague and just be like, give them a look. You can't do that. 
You can't do that on Teams. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You can't no, do you that can't on, do teams. It on Zoom. <laughs> you, you can't do a surreptitious you can't just be look like... on... I know. Um, yeah. I'm doing the look now, listeners, which obviously doesn't, she all, is doesn't the look, translate. Doesn't, you can't, turns out you can't do it on a podcast no, neither. No. So, um, so, yeah, she's really pissed off. Um, and But then we discover, obviously, and it's for some copper plate engravings like that are quite... They're quite nice, actually. I quite like this. Yeah. And yes. um, But basically, I think... So Lovejoy says, no, it wasn't me, what are you talking about? Uh, and then they... I don't know quite... Oh, is it, does the clerk guy say... Oh, He's no, trying this... desperately to intervene yeah. between this sort of... What is almost like a lover's tip, yeah. even though obviously yeah. it isn't. And he's going, oh, I think uh, I can see what's happened here. To, and they're um, just... They're just going just at like, it. I don't know. And she's just... She's going at him, Charlotte. She's on a roll. And, yeah. uh, and she said... And, and it's Charlotte's voice when he said, oh, no, it's another love joy. And she goes, another love joy. <laughs> And it's a really comical bit then when, when he's like, yes, I'm, uh, I expect, I'm expecting him to bring the check at 11. And they're like, all the clocks. <gasps> that was creepy. Again, again you can see great. why clocks are creepy. No, that everything goes bing, 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 bing. All at the same was time. Creepy. I, thought, I it was thought it was a, I thought it was sort of a bit creepy, actually. I thought it was it's a creepy. bit of a nod to... I was trying to sort of put myself back into... Imagine I was watching this in sort of late December, really, in the mm. dark you know it snuggled up it was it had that little air of do you know oh. i think this is deliberate because the christmas special do you know the book where that actually happens and all the clocks and all the bells ring all at once to signify that it's midnight and it is in a ghost story a christmas carol is it a christmas, carol? A christmas yeah. carol oh my god we've got he's, so much he's woken up <laughs> he's he's woken up by all That's of the everything true. going off at once and it's it's identical maybe to, it's to this. a nod to that i so think i think it's a nod yeah. to that yes well, I think what I quite like to imagine, and maybe I'd love to speak to Ian Lafrenny and and speak to him about all of Lovejoy, really, but specifically this to sort of say, did they just sit down and think, okay, we're going to do a Christmas special, so let's write down everything we can think of that's Christmassy, and then we can use that as jumping off points. Okay, why might why might we need to signal something's happening? Oh, because someone's coming somewhere for a certain time. Okay, that's a good idea, but who's coming? Oh, it should be somebody who's done this, 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 another Lovejoy. Okay, but that's a bit flat. Wait a minute, they're American! And it kind of all, <laughs> I can see that the creative process and I just I'm uh, so interested in it and how they got to there because I could never make this story up in a million years it's so good but um so yeah so basically the the person who did write the promise you know the other love joy turns up and of course it's the blonde bombshell mm. American so because we, we kind of I mean we've kind of get well I'd kind of guessed this already and I've not seen this before because mm. I thought well we know that there's some American love joys because of the grave in the States and there's this mysterious American lady and we know there's another love joy so I was like it's obviously going to be her turning up but also anyway I had to say I think at this point we we know that there are love joys they're like sort of saying oh are there love joys in the States we know that there are love joys in the States because yeah. there's Reverend Lovejoy yeah. in the Simpsons <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that he was one of the? Because I, I love oh, Lovejoy. So. Lovejoy describes himself a bit later on as oh, one of the Suffolk Lovejoys. Yes, and he's clearly not. Anyway, he's clearly one of the Lancashire Lovejoys. Yeah, yeah. you well, know, Greater Manchester Lovejoys. Maybe he was one of the Suffolk Lovejoys, but he was so badly behaved as a child they that they sent him, him to Lancashire to Lancashire to teach him a lesson. Um, Is that like people used to be sent to Australia yeah, if they did things go, wrong? He's going to go to Greater Manchester, like in the fifties. They send you off to Greater Manchester if you've been naughty. So maybe it comes back to what Chris said, though, about, you know, they before Lovejoy started filming, they sent everyone 
voice notes on a cassette tape and Chris tried really hard and did his sort of mama set accent and then they went round the reading room and went this is not gonna work nobody else needs to do it so so potentially Lovejoy was supposed to have a Suffolk accent but Shane couldn't sustain it for whatever reason yeah although he can do as we know now he can an American, do accent. American accent. He can do a great American. I guess being accent. married to an American for a, a long time. That's true. Years, and there's, there's a lot of Lancashire. Forty years. There's a lot of Lancashire sounds in the American accent. That's what really? I learned in A level English <laughs> language. Yeah, right. the, the post vocalic R for a This floor. is true. Mm, yeah. Oh, that is true. Yeah, I went to work. It was four o'clock. Yeah, yeah, <clears> yeah, yeah. It's very, very yes. true. A linguistics point from me. Very Who's unusual. playing Lovejoy? Actually, bingo. <laughs> uh, it's all gonna. I mean, in this one, you've already ticked off. Oh, they're talking about the mm. lost colony. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> That's definitely, absolutely, definitely, already definitely, yeah, definitely. So this is where we properly meet Mary, Mary John. So Mary again, John, which is joy. like very American. So like for for people just to have these names, like yeah, for women to have boys' names in mm. their name, Mary John. Yeah. yeah, Mary John Lovejoy, um, and obviously, yeah, Lovejoy is like our Lovejoy is uh, very taken with her and obviously it's like, oh, well, we're, we're related. This is very exciting. We should go for lunch and, you know. Yeah, especially because yeah. him and Charlotte have kind of had this run in. So now he's a bit pissed off for Charlotte anyway for not. I we're obviously related. We should go for lunch and really, really not have sex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> he related. Does, he does say something like, we're far enough apart in the gene pool. Oh, he doesn't know that. I mean, I guess he does know that because he would know about them if they were that closely related. But it's like, bleh, bleh. but um, but yeah, they have this wonderful discussion where she says she's one of the Sheridan County Lovejoys, and he says, "Oh, Skinner Lovejoy played for Stockport County." I think that was a lovely little, and again, that is maintaining that Greater Manchester. Yeah, which is, and she's like, Stockport County. He's like, yes, it's soccer, dear. Yeah, yes, soccer. soccer. Probably no, probably no relation. Yeah. <laughs> and Charlotte's watching them sort of walk out together, linking arms or whatever. And she's, I think she can. She's a bit pissed off, isn't she, with herself? Not, not. Well, that's her own fault. She shouldn't have jumped yeah. to conclusions. However, because I was a bit like, I mean, I know they just had a row, but he does seem obviously he's interested in the American, and it does seem a bit like he do, is properly chasing after her. It's like, yeah. hang on a minute, what about Charlotte? Charlotte? I know they, I know they had a row. But just because you have a row with them. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I, I kind of saw it from the point of view of he's, it, it, he is interested in her, she's beautiful, but I also felt like he was pushing it just to piss Charlotte off. I might have been oh, yeah. reading yeah, a little yeah. too much into this situation. But even when he's, but even when he's like, alone, so they go and have lunch together and, you know, he's really trying it on. But also it's quite interesting because he's um, explaining his diviness to her and like the physical sensations that he gets which is quite interesting because we don't yes. really talk about it that much do we because no. we have seen him it, it, it does echo with what we've seen him doing in the books he talks about it quite a lot there are scenes in the books where he's kind of struck down by this whole hmm. and then but she's not really interested in that she's interested in whether lord wakering was you know was holding anything back so the stuff that he didn't put in the sale because she's heard that he's got some other stuff and she's really interested in early american history and she's wanting to see... I love it. She the thinks concept he might of have... early American history being like the 16th century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's early That's history. That's early history. And she's heard that he might have some stuff relating to that. And, you know, she's like, do you know anything, Lovejoy? And can you find out? Whatever. So, and obviously, because he fancies her, he's um he's straight he's straight off to Wakering Hall to go and find out. 
Did I tell you that when I went to um, Philadelphia and I went and had a look where they, they kind of signed the Declaration of Independence, so I went to Independence Hall and the, the guy who was showing us around was like, and this building, you, you know, you got to be very careful. This building is over 300 years old. <laughs> and all the Americans went, oh, all the Europeans went. Oh. <laughs> so he was making out like it was ancient. Don't touch the walls. Don't touch anything. It might it's just very old. <laughs> conversation that he's having with mary john i've written they flirt mm-hmm. i think it's okay i don't know why i thought it was okay <laughs> i think it's okay maybe that was when he talked about the gene pool i don't think you I... have to give it your blessing um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think i don't mind if he does this <laughs> emmy's happy if these two fictional characters have a fictional fuck <laughs> That we, don't, that we probably wouldn't even see on screen anyways, you know. Because it was shown before yeah. the watershed. I thought, I thought maybe I was trying to put myself in Charlotte's shoes. But then I've written, I'm enjoying the banjo for her. So there must have been like a banjo playing yeah, whenever she spoke. It's like, yeah, it's like, she is American from America. <laughs> when she came in with it, it was very theatrical. When she came in uh, to the kind of sale room with the check, the sun was kind of resting on her face. And that was when you had that quite elaborate Gone with the Wind-esque mm. music with all the strings and and all of that. So they're doing the kind of Southern Belle thing for her. It was very... Her kind of sunlit face was was gorgeous. She mm. was very she's over beautiful. the top. She's beautiful. So Lovejoy goes, as I say, straight back to Wakering Hall to try and see for Mary John if there is any secret stuff that um, Lord Wakering is holding back. And Lord Wakering... As, I mean, as always happens, like, you know, for some reason, people feel the need just to show Lovejoy their most priceless possessions and tell <laughs> tell him all about them for no reason, like, for no reason when they, you know, yeah. So he, he um, gets all his kind of precious items out. Basically, we find out that the Wakering family were distantly related to Sir Walter Raleigh. Oh, it's so exciting. And so he's got like all this, yeah, he's got Raleigh's compass from the Falcon. He's got the ship's log lockets rings seals all these kind of like artifacts it's fascinating john white seal isn't it so Mm. john white who was a real guy Mm. who was the governor of the lost colony uh in virginia so it was on so chesapeake is basically the bit that goes from the bottom of virginia to the top of north carolina and actually when i was there there was a lot of stuff about it because it is a genuine it's still 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 a bit of a mystery but i think i solved the mystery well i think yeah i mean i think we know what really happened so basically in the 1580s Walter Raleigh, they're going to, you know, there were colonists in North America who turned up basically like, yeah, there are some people living here, but you know what, we're going to live here now, whatever. And of course, they had no idea how to actually live in a totally different country with different resources, different climate, different problems basically Diseases, so they tried a couple animals, of times plants, yeah so yeah. they tried a couple Soil. of times to establish a colony um in Roanoke and it failed once and then they tried again um and John White was um who it, some of his stuff like is in this Lovejoy episode. So he made paintings of like the indigenous people who lived there. He travelled on the ships and he was a cartographer and he kind of did all this with Raleigh. And then, so his family were part of this colony and then he went back to England to get actual supplies <laughs> to bring him all the way back again instead of just... I'm just nipping to, to England on, yeah. a, and, on um, a galleon. And because of the Spanish War, he then got really held up. And when he came back to Roanoke, everyone They're had gone. gone. Everyone had gone. And the place had been kind of fortified a bit more, but everyone had gone and carved into a, tr- a tree. 
or carved into like mm. the fortress somehow. I don't know. Was just one word, and it was Croatoan. But like Croatoan was like the area or the people. I'm not really sure. Um, and from like the early 17th century, there have been reports of these strange, so like very white indigenous people in America with blue eyes and blonde hair. It's so yeah. odd. I wonder where could they have. So, Where could they possibly have come from? These people who couldn't manage by themselves, so maybe went to live with the people who did know. Yeah, to manage. I mean, that's it. Yeah. They'd look it's after that, them, right? In a way, it's, it's not that much mysterious, of a They clearly just either died because they, or well, some of them probably <laughs> yeah. did just die because they couldn't manage yeah. to live there. And then the ones that were left were like, "Fuck this! Let's go and like live with the Indi- American Indians as they would." But why did them. they carve Croatoan on the tree? That's what I don't. Understand. And what's strange is the fact that they didn't then they didn't then find anything they didn't find the bones of the people who had died if indeed they'd just died yeah and they didn't find all the artifacts so somebody had kind of they, they'd upped and gone somewhere and they had probably gone to nomadic's probably the wrong word for north america but gone to yeah. li- live with they probably moved on with a more nomadic kind of tribe or you know the people who lived around there that didn't live in they didn't settle in one place so that is probably what happened but it is fascinating yeah and it is mm. true that john white's granddaughter virginia virginia day yeah. she was the first english baby to be born born in, in america, america and then basically just disappear just vanish. what i love about lovejoy or one of many many things i love about lovejoy is that it is it is so historically accurate mm. they're very careful to always research the history and it makes the storylines all the more powerful. And it was great. I was like, oh my God, there's two Fortean things in here for the price of one. We've got a Portagoost <laughs> and we've got The Lost Colony, which, you know, I kind of knew they were going to be in it because of the title. Because of the title. But it's yeah. so, it's just so um, rich, I think, is the yeah. word. It is, absolutely it is. So um, he's got all these lovely artefacts and then the, oh, I mean, which is amazing, the best thing. So we find out so we kind of assume that it's not kind of said explicitly that Sir Walter Raleigh and Lady Catherine Grey Lady the Ghost were having some sort of liaison and so when Raleigh goes to the States I guess for the last time uh, he leaves her a shoe um, worth as you do with six thousand yeah. pounds worth of pearls at the I'm time. off to the States have a shoe yeah. here's my shoe here's um, a shoe to remember me by <laughs> I think the idea was I'll just oh, wear one I'll come back <laughs> I'll just hop I think it was like symbolic, wasn't it? Like, I'll come back with the other shoe. The shoes will be reunited as we will be oh, reunited. Very Cinderella-y. Yeah. I, I guess that was what it was about. But so he, 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 he his, leaves... other, his other foot probably got very tight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, um, but then obviously he never came back. He was executed. And so, and then on the same day that he was executed... Lady Catherine killed herself. So they were obviously so very sad. devoted to each other. Yeah, um, so sad. so he still got the the, the one shoe, which obviously is going to. I mean, that's. I mean, how much is that? They don't talk about value actually of these no. items. But I, mean, I these, guess because it's priceless. These right? items it is priceless. Are, Again, it's the it's the, the price of everything and the value of nothing. This mm. is the other I mean, way around. Worth, the value of everything. Yeah. And the price of I mean, nothing. they're worth. You know, God, we just. I mean, <laughs> millions, millions. And then right? I've written very matter of factly. Catherine is the grey lady. She loved Raleigh. She won't let Lovejoy buy the stuff. No, she won't. As though, as though it doesn't matter that she's actually like a, a poltergeist from the 16th yeah, century. Yeah, because it's like, <laughs> so this is where it gets very strange, exactly. So, you know, Lovejoy's trying to ask 
you know, I think, the thing is, I think it's interesting because I think Lovejoy knows that obviously there's no way Lord Wakering would ever sell this stuff, mm. but he feels like he's got to ask because he... And he does say that. He couches it in those terms. Look, I'm sorry. He actually says, I have to ask for a client. Yeah. And, and yeah. he says it as if to go, look, I, I know, know you're going to say gonna no. Yeah. Just I need to be able to say that I've asked her yeah. that I've ticked, I've yeah. done my bit of the contract. So he's trying to ask, like, will you sell these things? But then he has this really weird physical... Reaction. Yeah, he basically has a bit of a sort of panic attack. Panic isn't attack. Oh, would like, it, be? it is Not maybe an anxiety attack. Like he can't breathe. I think his it is a panic attack because and he's clutching his chest. Yeah. I mean, and he's coughing. It is he's like a sort sweaty. of almost a heart attack. It's a proper panic. Like I've yeah. had panic attacks, and that's what they are like. Yeah, but it, he sort of recovers quite quick when he oh, leaves, yeah. doesn't he? But interestingly, I mean, it's it is so it is a panic attack, but it's not originate. Well, it's not purely originating from within himself. Because no, there is a clearly. physical external manifestation of it because the display case that Lord Wakering has all these objects in breaks, shatters. Mm. So it's basically, with, again, and, and the, there's a portrait of Lady Catherine on the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he sees her eyes moving. Um, yes. Which is the, I mean, it was, you know, it was 90s special effects. It was like, 90s special effects. But so, yeah, so it's kind of, again, it's implied that Catherine is stopping, I mean, yeah, trying to is stopping any discussion about these things being sold because obviously she, they're so precious to her because they relate to, to to her her beloved. Um, yeah, and then as then and then as though being spooky in England isn't enough. Now we're going to go to America again America. and be spooky in a slightly different way. Yeah, which I thought was really really but, interesting. But what was, it was interesting, but kind of, what was the point of this whole? Sort of. Well, I think I got it right at the end, so I'll come back to it at the end mm, because okay. I think it was a bit. It's clarified at the end. Yeah, it? it was kind of. Um, so you're back in the states. There's um, we go. To, it's quite a grand house, and there's a black it woman is. there and her her granddaughter, and they get picked up by Miss Lillian and taken to the plantation. So already I'm a yeah. bit like Cedar oh, Creek Plantation. Horrible, isn't it? Mm. Um. But the kid... Estelle. Estelle. Estelle is, a, I think, Estelle is almost like... You know how the Dalai Lama always has a successor who's born before he dies? Mm. She's basically framed as Lovejoy's yeah. successor. It, it's almost like... Um, Oh, one of the, and I'm th- overthinking this, one of those films with superheroes where certain superheroes have certain powers and then they all find one another. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it's a little bit like that. It's like he's over in Suffolk and then on the other side of the Atlantic, there's somebody who is the polar opposite of him, a little girl who is black, who has, as she says at the end, the same gift yeah. that he has. Yeah. And it, it is really interesting. And Miss Lillian, who we saw laying flowers at the grave way back, she's the person who's brought these people into her house. And she, what does she lay out in front of them? Is it like well, a that's the thing. That's what I mean. Like, I don't really know. Like, what is she trying to do here? Like, I don't feel. I mean, maybe I we'd... know what she's trying to do. She is. She already suspects. I think that the uh, the Lovejoys, the the cousins, who we're going to meet more of them soon. Mm. We've mm. met Mary John. She has two brothers. One of them turns out was the captain on the boat at the very beginning. Yeah. These three are siblings, as we find out very soon, um, and they're cousins of Lovejoy, or they call them cousins, uh, and they are up to no good. And I think she knows that. And because Estelle can do what Lovejoy can do, and basically it, the divination thing of, yeah. like, these, these items are speaking to me because, and I know that these items are special, I think she 
thinks that they are going to somehow frame the discovery of the lost colony and we find out why towards the end so when he he starts finding all these things and uh, Mary John is, as she's already told Lovejoy, she donates things to the local university that are linked to this period of American history. And I think Miss Lillian thinks they're fakes and wants Estelle to uh, determine what is and is not of, real for her. That's the thing that's kind of a little Helen's bit... Helen's looking very genius. It's weird about it I because, like, wouldn't you go to the museum or wouldn't you go to the university? You wouldn't go, oh, that black kid who lives down the road, I'm going to go and ask her. She's a bit spooky. It put me in mind of that, like, when we went to Ireland or Scotland, yeah. and to a certain extent Wales, but a bit less, that kind of like, oh, look at these people. They're, they're, they're were, mystical and special. There <laughs> were a no, lot of... What? There were a lot of overtones, the worst of which is a little bit later when Rutherford comes out with his whip and Mm. cracks his whip, literally a slave whip. There are a lot of very uncomfortable kind of echoes of slavery. Yeah, Miss Lillian looks at Estelle's grandma and she goes, go and get her some lemonade or whatever. Yeah, your grandma will get you some lemonade and the grandma goes off and gets some lemonade. And Miss Lillian is nice, she's a goodie, but it, it goes to show... I thought this was quite interesting just to illustrate that kind of inbuilt, probably completely unintentional racism, yeah. for want of a better word, because she obviously, she's gone to this kid because she recognises that this kid has this really special gift and she's very sweet to the kid. But there's just this sort of racial overtone where she clearly doesn't think twice about saying to the grandma, like, it's her house. She should say, oh, do you guys yeah, want your a tea? in my house. Your guests in my house. <laughs> she says to the grandma, who is a guest... Oh, go and get us some lemonade. And it, I just found that, and maybe again, I'm overthinking, but it was it was an interesting little point to put in. Yeah, yeah. but and the so we don't really know what she's what Lillian is showing to Estelle. Like, it's, and I just put she shows her some old things. The mm. child is some sort of divvy. <laughs> but basically, yeah. she, she puts she puts her hands over it. And it's a bit it's a bit different to Lovejoy's gift because Lovejoy kind of like has these physical sensations, and he kind of knows that there's something special. The girl kind of it's a bit more auditory i guess like she hears mm. voices so like when she ha- holds her hands over yeah. these particular items she hears like whispering i guess voices of you know people that have also touched mm. these things before mm. kind of thing so it's quite um, it's quite it's a bit creepy to mm. be honest it is like, that's, and that's very well done actually that's not like the plates flying across the room that's and it, yeah creepy. it's not it's not over the top and it's it is almost a different way of you know when lovejoy says oh i get these physical sensations when i'm near something special it's basically that but in a much stronger mm. format isn't it really yeah and then we go to a lovely tea room. It oh, reminds it me of. Nice. I actually did manage, like last summer, when we could go to places still a little bit in the middle of the pandemic. I went mm. to a lovely tea room in oh, um, in Wiltshire, and this this yeah, it was very lovely, a very lovely similar. Suffolk tea room. Um, and you know, Mary John's been out spending all her cash. She, so we basically we get the idea that she's not short of a few bob. You know, we know oh, we yeah. know this. She comes in all laden down with all her shopping, and obviously they you know they've met up because she wants to find out how did it go with Law Wakering and. She's, he's like, look, you know, he's not going to sell. Yeah. Um, and she just says, I won't take no for an answer. I can't do the accent. <laughs> I won't. Uh, when she goes, I have to have them. Yeah. I have to have them. <laughs> she's very, she's she's quite devious, isn't she? And, and, yeah. and we know why yeah. she wants them so much. We, well, we find out why she wants them so we, much. Yeah, we do. But yeah, she absolutely. really wants these things. But Lovejoy's like, look, sorry, no. Okay. So, and then, but now she knows that the stuff does actually exist. Yeah. 
Mm. And she's got really nice perfume on. We should mention that. Oh, I can't remember at what point they've already mentioned. Uh, well, he but she wears strong perfume. He comments on it, and in fact, I think he comments on it to Charlie way back mm. when she's taking photos. He comments on it then, and obviously that becomes significant. That is not a Fleming's umbrella. It is yeah, a significant a comment gun. put in there gun. Yeah. for yeah. a reason. It is a Chekhov's gun, indeed. Um, so. And then we go back to Wakering Hall. Um, I'm not. Oh, I'm not quite sure why we go back there, but we go back there. I think maybe just to learn that the people who've bought Wakering Hall are awful. Oh, what about the bit where Charlotte turns up? Oh yes, but yeah, no. So Charlotte, yeah, we find out that Charlotte wants Lovejoy to go to a house. <laughs> I think why I was like, what about this bit? Is because I was so disappointed with Charlotte for doing this. Uh, oh, what the? Frankly, my dear. I yeah. Don't give so a she day. kind of, but like Beth and Lovejoy are just out at work now in this scene and he's teaching beth which i think is lovely it's yes. a very nice moment where you see that beth is genuinely learning real stuff not just kind of how to fake stuff yeah he's saying this is pewter and it would be used for this and isn't that interesting he's teaching us some really quite interesting historical fact yeah and then charlotte turns up dressed for a dinner party looking oh God, absolutely beautiful, beautiful. Oh. like really really beautiful and then but Charlotte, what are you doing? Like, it's so embarrassing. She's like, oh, yes, I'm just going off to a dinner party. You can't come. You, you're you not coming. <laughs> I'm very beautiful, but you can't come. And then she does her, she's frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn line. I was like, she's oh, jealous. Charlotte, she's often jealous. So embarrassing. She's doing that jealous thing again. <laughs> she often does it. She is often jealous. <laughs> Jane was often jealous as well, I think. Yeah, she but was. But with Jane, it just felt a little bit more... I, I felt it suited her character more as I think of Charlotte as being a little bit more above that, a little bit more... But she's not. We know that she's actually quite vulnerable in mm. many ways, isn't she? Um, you know. But yes, then I've written, some horrible couple are moving into Wickery Well, yeah, no, the, the reason Charlotte <laughs> turns up, apart from to rub it in Lovejoy's face that she's going to Gimbert's for dinner, um, is that she wants him to go to a house in Newark for mm. um, some kind of, you know, to check it out, whatever, the next day. So that's... And that is important in the next scene but yes and then, we, and then we go back to wakering hall where this and this is the jersey connection so a horrible oh, couple they're vile i hate <laughs> them <laughs> not not jersey not all jersey and they're people. maybe not I mean, from jersey people. originally but they've been living in jersey well they're definitely not oh, no, from jersey not. she says for tax That's reasons right, sorry, and yes. i immediately loathed them yes so they're awful they're just awful just dreadful dreadful people snobs just horrible so they're moving in and they're, t- they're horrible. I think that's the main point of this scene, isn't it? They're, they're again that point of kind of new, the new rich. They don't appreciate the legacy of, of this place, the history, the importance. Of, they've bought it as a status symbol because they're maintaining mm. a house in Jersey for tax reasons. Yeah. You know, and that the, the idea that they'll be living in two places because of the tax and, and that they just want this because it's big and posh. And they sack Mrs. Greenland, who's the housekeeper, who's with Lord Wakering at this point. And I've written down... Who is Mrs. Greenland? Anyway, uh, it was a woman called Hilary Mason who played Gladys in Maid Marian. Oh, <laughs> and oh wow! Yeah, the really old oh, lady, the did. sort of doddery oh, old lady. Oh my god! Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because I, I thought she was going to be in it more for some reason, but I think it's just because she reminded me so much of my childhood. <laughs> yes, this is true. We've got quite a lot of Maid Marian crossover, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. And then, so the next day, like this is where let's so say Lovejoy goes to the Charlotte to Cavendish Auctions to get the keys for this house in Newark. And mm. while he's there, someone else brings the keys for Wakering Hall. Yes. And he so manages he to swipe them. But, like, surely they would notice. Because basically, while yeah, he's there... Yeah, Charlotte must have been expecting the keys to come, right? The guy comes in, exactly. And also, the guy comes in and says, Oh, Kate, like, I'm just leaving the keys for Wakering Hall here. And she's like, oh, great, thanks. 
Great, all right. So she knows cool. they're there. So when she, like, after Lovejoy goes, when she looks and sees the keys aren't there, is she not immediately like, well, they were here, then Lovejoy was here, and then and the now they're not here. Mysteriously <laughs> not here. It was a bit But, like, you know, mm, it helps the plot. Yes. I do feel that from this point, the episode really speeds up and kind of kind of uh yeah it kind yeah, of gets we, we've to sort it. of we've got the first we've had the sort of first act almost yes and now we're going into act two where it's gonna um Hot the, up the stakes are gonna get higher basically absolutely there's a good bit here where beth is um they're sort of telling beth about catherine the ghost the poltergeist um and she's really skeptical and i thought it was so well done like tinker said mm. oh i had to go and have a really strong gin I, it was really frightening and she's like you always want to have a strong gin like you always <laughs> yeah. feel like that and then lovejoy's like no like i couldn't breathe it really affected me i was feeling really sick and she's like yeah because you felt really guilty about trying to take well, not trying to take, but asking Lord Wakering if you could have this stuff that you knew he wasn't going to sell. Yeah. So, of course, you felt awful. It's completely natural. And I was just like, yes, good. Beth's not being spooky. I'm happy about that. <laughs> she <laughs> is a very rational one. But obviously, and that would all make sense as explanations. But we, you know, the glass does crack. Mm. The plates oh, do yes. fly across the room. So, like, you know, it's interesting. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, so basically, even, I mean, surely they would know that Lovejoy has the keys. Anyway, he just goes there at night by torchlight and just lets himself <laughs> in. I've written, in the dark, in capital letters. I was like, Wouldn't they I would have... not go there. The Wouldn't dark? it have an alarm system? I mean, it's all very confusing and suspicious. Um, but basically, you know, he, <laughs> What's he's scary? going around trying to find the room which has got the Walter Raleigh objects, which has also got the portrait of Catherine in. So that's how we mm. know it's that room. Mm. And he goes and he finds it and the torch goes out. Just like oh, stops yes. working, another oh, Catherine. So frightening. But you feel like Catherine didn't do her job very well in this bit because the stuff manages <laughs> you, to get. It's on the person's you know I mean? spec for being a poltergeist. Yeah, you well, can actually well, defend the But to be fair, to but maybe she thought she was defending. Them. To be fair, at every other point in this, in the whole of the plot, she has done her job well. You know, mm. she managed to get, with obviously Tinker's help, those awful people from Jersey out of the house by doing her thing of ringing all the bells in the middle yes, of the night. We yeah. come to that in a little bit. Uh, you know, she's made Lovejoy feel really unwell. She, she's thrown plates across the room as a kind of don't forget about me. At this stage, somebody manages to nick the stuff and it's Lovejoy who's left with a bump on his head, which he refers to, because fe- I think he feels like he's not getting enough sympathy. Yeah. Um, but he's the one that gets knocked out and left at the scene of the crime. But maybe Catherine thought it was Lovejoy coming to I nick the stuff so. because he'd already asked for the stuff. I don't know. She, she's I think she's smarter century. than that, because she, particularly because she says thank you to him at the end. <laughs> yeah. By flashing, so to speak. So, yeah, so basically the stuff, he goes downstairs and the stuff has all been nicked. And, I mean, by who? Obviously, and obviously we, at this point, immediately well, think, he well... Can, he can he smell. smells the perfume, but obviously... Yeah. We all think, who else is gonna? We know that she wants it. We know that she knows it's there. Yeah. We don't. We don't know how she gets in or how she nicks it. But, and like you say, Catherine doesn't. Probably because he's left the bloody door unlocked. It is his fault. Oh yeah. God! Yeah. I would have thought. And obviously, I feel like found... Mary John might already have been in there, though. I don't know why I thought that. Oh, yeah, know, but I don't I know, know how she would have got in. It's you know. true. It's not very clear. But um, I mean, the fact that she would maybe she's following him. Anyway, we don't know. We know we don't find out. But um. Obviously, because Lovejoy is literally at the scene of the crime, so when the, when it's discovered, <laughs> the police. Well, I think he actually calls the police when he when he comes mm. round. Yeah, but he's still, as the UK TV play summary mentions, he is a prime suspect suspect because he was there. He nicks the, the keys. But the stuff had gone, and he'd in. clearly been knocked out. Yeah. Yes, 
And they said, oh, well, we think you've got an accomplice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And then Charlotte but... comes and bails him out of prison for the first time. Sorry, Helen, I interrupted <laughs> no, you. No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, um, they, she bails him out, but obviously he's not actually on bail officially because they, he's allowed to just travel to Swan America. Swan off to North Carolina. Which I think you can do if you're on bail. Um, I, don't, I don't think yeah, so. But it helps would probably, mean, probably include don't leave the country. Yeah. Um, don't go to North Carolina. Yeah. So, so, but yeah, you basically, they, they, they realise they've got no... Well, thing is i'd say they've got no evidence but i mean he, he was there anyway i haven't got enough evidence to keep him so yeah he gets charlotte bells him out and then lovejoy is like got some weird logic he's like oh it's my fault well this is kind of logical it's my fault yeah. i've got nicked because mm. i told her it was there and whether he let her in or not unwittingly and so mm. the way to and this now lord wakering's lost this um this priceless stuff that he you know is so precious to him um, so the only way I can make it up to Lord Wakering is to, to go, and get go to North Carolina and get <laughs> yeah. the stuff back. And I yeah, quite this like a this bit scene. Of a like for some reason, even Charlie's in this scene. Like it's the whole gang are discussing sort of what to do, and that they think Mary John's a bad guy. And there's a good line and, about being bitten on the bum by a femme fatale, which oh, I really yes, enjoy. Which is very true. <laughs> but um, but I, I love the fact he then goes, yeah, no, this is all so awful, and it wasn't me, and I've got this bump on the head. I'm going to just have to fly to Charlotte, as in South Carolina. Yeah. Largest city of, not capital, Raleigh's the capital of South Carolina, fun fact. Mm. North Carolina even, sorry. Um, but we, d- <laughs> we, don't know where sorry. We, we don't know where he gets the money from for the plane ticket, but... Capital of South Carolina is Columbia, by the way, just to resurrect my... Uh, sorry. North Excellent. Carolina, Raleigh, South Carolina, <laughs> Columbia, Charlotte, largest city. Is it there. Raleigh after Sir Walter Raleigh? Rally after Sir Walter yeah. Raleigh. Um, but yes, yeah, so we don't know how he gets the money to go. He just goes. And like literally, the next thing we know, he's there in... I mean, well, presumably you said it was filmed in Wilmington. So presumably this is Wilmington yeah. that we're seeing. But what city do you think it's meant to be? I'm. So he would have flown into Charlotte because that is the biggest... Charlotte Douglas is the biggest um, international airport in that region. Okay. So I'm guessing... And it's also nearer to the bit where he's actually meant to be. So we probably flew into Charlotte, hired a car from Charlotte, and then headed um, east Cause to like the he's, coast. Because he's basically at in a in a city which is like the nearest city, because it's where the Lovejoy... So this is where we just... The Lovejoy where, Empire. The Lovejoy Corporation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where we discover all the, where all the money. So there's the, there's the Lovejoy building. It's a bit like Trump Towers. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And then it's oh. got like, you know, this, on the sort of thing of like what companies are in there. It's like Lovejoy Investments, Lovejoy Tobacco. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it's quite fun. The Lovejoy Group. No, no Lovejoy Antiques, sadly. Yeah. Of the and he, he kind of had no idea that this was there, I guess. But of course you wouldn't in 1993. You would now. Because you'd, you'd, you'd Google yourself. You'd Google yourself and you'd say, oh, yes. Have we said um, that he's taking some knockoff fake John White's? To. Oh no! Sorry, I didn't mention that. Yeah. So his his plan is he's going to take some allegedly real um, John White. Are they engravings or they might be watercolors? I'm not, engravings, I'm not sure. I think. Um, that he can take. You know, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? That are meant to be from John White's kind of voyages, um, and he can take those. And Mary John will be really interested in them because he's grasped that she, for some reason, wants all this stuff to do with that voyage and the colony and everything yeah it might have been in raleigh i'm just looking at a map of north carolina i just would assume that he would have flown into charlotte yeah but this is obviously where he is where the lovejoy building is but very again it is very american looking with lots of skyscrapers (laughs) and american shiny things 
Yeah, um, we are and a friendly America. receptionist instead of a surly one. <laughs> um, so yeah, Lovejoy chats to Mitzi Miller, the very friendly receptionist. <laughs> Mitzi again, like I'm oh, American. No, My name talk. is Mitzi because I mean, there's no British people called Mitzi. Right? Um, well, I don't know. I bet you, you I bet you are when you were talking about posh friends. That's true. I, Mitzi's the sort of name because I, I say the, the, our neighbours <laughs> our neighbours when I was a kid had a Yorkshire Terrier called Mitzi I and mean, it is a bit of a dog's name a bit. What, what, it what, is, a bit what, is it short name, for something so. I'm actually looking know. it up now what is Mitzi short for uh, no Mitzina oh apparently it's the nickname for for Maria in, in German oh there you go it's a bit like Jack and John I guess Mitzi Maria but then it's just become a name in its own right like again like jack has so yeah uh, yeah so she basically mitzi basically tells off joy literally everything that he needs to know in the two seconds that he speaks yeah, to but her. it's quite it's quite Very generally handy. it's quite general knowledge she doesn't sort of give away any secrets so she says they find out that everett lovejoy so the, the guy that's just died was the big boss the ceo of lovejoy corp um and mary john <laughs> is his daughter um and cedar creek plantation is their family home so we mm-hmm. learn these important so he now knows okay this is where I can I can go to try and find Mary John, the Cedar Creek yeah. Plantation. And obviously Mitzi on reception has to make a comment about Lovejoy's British accent. And I she... love the way you talk. <laughs> and he goes, and then, oh, did anyone else think, oh, because then he goes, I love the way you talk. Yeah, and I thought, oh my God, more. I love the way you both talk. <laughs> He, he was his voice in this. I mean, it's oh. been getting steadily better for some reason as we've gone along. Maybe I'm just noticing it, it more. But he's got gorgeous. a lovely voice. A lovely, oh, he lovely really does. Voice. He, he really, really does. has a beautiful voice. And so, on his, so Lovejoy sets off presumably to Cedar Creek Plantation to try and find Mary John. That's the whole point. Accompanied by bluegrass music. Yeah, the music in this is so good. I've written at this point. We are in North Carolina. It's all very deliverance, dueling banjos, isn't it? And he passes by the shore where where we were at the beginning with the boat. And this is where we see Roy's body being... He actually sees it being dredged up. Oh, yeah. Because like I said, in the beginning... And ominous music. We know he was killed, but like you say, we kind of see him in a car looking like he might be asleep or dead. We don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so at some point they kill him and they throw him in the in the sea. And then, yeah, Lovejoy sees him being pulled out, but obviously doesn't know but what's going on. not with a gun, as they say later, because apparently if you put a bullet in someone, people ask questions. Yeah. yeah. Even in the US. And then we have another bit of, we are in America. And he goes to a diner. He goes, he goes to, a diner, to a diner. And he's very confused at what the food is. To be fair, these diners, again, I know a lot of Americans might watch it and just go, oh, for fuck's sake. But I have been in so many diners like that. We had our breakfast in a diner like that as we crossed the state line of North Carolina when we went to almost the exact location where this is meant to be. And there's also one in the town where my university is based. They are exactly like this. They serve massive portions of food. You get like... Uh, pancakes on the side and the pancakes are like that oh. with bacon on them oh, bacon uh, and maple gross. syrup oh, on lovely. the side oh, of your massive breakfast syrup. I, hate, well, I hate bacon so that's oh, okay. really so it's I'm just, massively you know, keen on bacon but with pancakes so and maple syrup it's good this, this diner was quite accurate I have to say I didn't know why the... he was so confused about what he got though because surely he'd ordered it no, it was just like the special of the day. Yeah, you just have ordered the bre- a standard breakfast. It's like if you ordered an English breakfast and it came with black pudding and you were not English, you might go, what the fuck is that? And then yeah. someone oh, like might tell you and it would put you right off your breakfast. And you were like, these oh, yeah. aren't biscuits. Exactly, <laughs> so he's got, he's exactly. Got, he's got, I think, collard greens, ham hock, biscuits and gravy. It's like the most Southern American It is meal. so American. 
Um, I was a bit sad that he he was on his own at this point. I think I I Aww. I don't know why. Sure, I not thought that they could afford to fly the entire cast out to America, <laughs> but in my head <laughs> I was like, oh, I would have liked it if like Tink was here but, or whatever. But also, I thought like just plot wise, the fact that he goes off to Cedar Creek Plantation on his own. Like, just anywhere. I mean, obviously, he's on his own in America, but he doesn't, like, take any backup, whatever. Going to see Mary John, he doesn't know anything about her. He knows that she's prepared to use violence. Yeah. Um, She's obviously quite an underhanded person. She's obviously not going to be happy that he's turned up. But he just goes there on his own. Maybe he just thinks he can charm the pants off her because he's loved John. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But but in the diner, there are some comedy hillbillies. Um, (laughs) Oh, there are. He asked... He asked... And he asked them, like, where Cedar Creek is, and they're doing the whole, like, oh, yeah, I think you turn left by the trail. In fact, what they were doing was going, well, you wouldn't go across town to get to Liverpool Street. You'd actually go left at the Euston Road. (laughs) And they were doing their version of us. It's true. (laughs) So he basically gets some vague, some kind of directions to Cedar Creek. So it's fine. And obviously he doesn't have sat-nav, so, you know, he's relying on these. What did we do before sat-nav? Well, we did what he does. we, We got lost. Yeah. yeah. So he goes, but he does find himself then in, in Sheridan County, the famous seat of the uh, American Lovejoys. Sheridan and, County. Um, this is where we meet the cop, the American cop, who actually was, was drawn from the book of American cops. Uh, who Does he just start following Lovejoy because he doesn't recognise him? I think it's because he's bored, because you remember, I do quite like the, the conversation a little bit later on when we see uh, Cliff from Dallas again, Rutherford, turns up, and he said, oh, well, this gave you something to do, didn't it? Yeah. You haven't got anything to do since that barking dog. And, and then he just goes, bark real loud, sir. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, are you, are you, is he like so archetypal small town cop with like, he nothing really to is. do? So this policeman reminds me so much... And again, he's a real stereotype, but a policeman in Coen Brothers films. I felt like he should have been in a Coen Brothers film. Do you know what I yeah, mean? This kind yeah, of yeah. small town cop who Fargo, is who is a like goodie, really, like Fargo, but who is a goodie. And at the end, I'm so happy. Again, I won't spoil it now, but that at the end he gets to be the one that finally gets his big case. Yeah. Although God knows how the hell they explained it to him, but yeah. anyhow. So, so yeah. he's now tailing Lovejoy. I thought it was maybe because he was going a bit fast, because no the speed limit in America is oh, quite yeah. low, isn't it? It's very oh, low. It? Driving in America is great. Massive roads, automatic cars, and actually quite low speed limits on these massive engines. Yeah, so maybe he was actually speed, or he thought he might be speeding. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. he follows him. And then the copper, like, so basically... He, Lovejoy finds the Cedar Creek plantation and the policeman like sort of catches up with him obviously he's been following him and the, there's a sign on the gate saying the opening hours like mm. Tuesday to Saturday 10 till 4 or something so it's obviously open to the public as being this like grand house to look at I don't know what it's open for um, but it's a Monday as we discover so it's not open uh, yeah. so Lovejoy just is like well it's, he's Lovejoy right so the gate's closed so, it, so he just goes in <laughs> just, anyway just climbs just over the climbs wall over. clambers round and obviously the cop then is like even more like quite the right, cops again. like wow wow this is the most exciting thing that's happened here for thirty <laughs> yeah, years quite, amazing quite rightly quite his rightly. hand goes almost immediately to his gun what are you doing oh yeah he's like what are you doing like you can't just climb into someone break into someone's property and he's right to be fair yeah I mean he, he is, is right. right and so so Lovejoy gets <laughs> Lovejoy ends up in the local jail and the uh, the the cop calls Lillian who yeah we've yeah who to we've met kind before. of say look this guy was on your property what's he doing yeah. And then I, th- I don't think he gets a risk or like they say, we'll come down and talk to him or something. We don't really know what happens. But anyway, yeah. the, the cop falls asleep again. 
stereotypical. Oh. He's reading guns and ammo. <laughs> I, I, made, I made a note of that again. It, do you think it goes too far with the stereotype? It does, really, well, doesn't it? Well, it does, but I suppose to, because you've only got kind of 90 minutes... How do you draw someone really quickly? He's, you haven't got time to go into Officer Lemon's He's reading character. Guns and Ammo. <laughs> he's reading Guns and Ammo and he is eating fried chicken. He is and it looked really good as well. It did look really it good. It was meant to be good. made by his wife, wasn't oh, it? Oh, it looked great. He says. So, and Lovejoy, so Lovejoy at this point, he's in, in the jail cell. He's got some fried chicken too, but he doesn't touch it. Maybe he just felt a bit sort of sad because we've yeah. seen him eat KFC well, before, so we know he eats fried chicken. Oh, we know well, he's also, it. he's he's like uh, swatting mosquitoes a lot, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He, he keeps like, getting mosquitoes really, on his like, arm. His hair hasn't dealt well with the humidity at all. No. Like his hair's gone super duper curly. So we're going to leave it there because we've talked for ages and we're going to come back next week with the second part. But if you're on Patreon... We're just going to carry on. Just going to carry on, listener. So if you're not on Patreon, Woo! come and follow us online at Lovejoy Apod. Um, let us know any insights you've had if you've decided to go back and watch it or if you're watching it for the first time. Come out next week or if you're on Patreon, you don't have to do that. I'll do some editing here. They'll make it sound really yeah, good. Yeah, that's fine, yeah, that's what I mean. So see you next time. <laughs> I think we, you trust put that you, we trust you, Em. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Let's tell Joy.